With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello there. Welcome to Jurassic Pod. We're at the mid-season point of the 2021-22 Toronto Raptors season. They are almost perfectly average, 21 and 20, 12th on offense, 17th in defense, 15th in net rating, 9th in the East. Oh, baby. Uh, What an average team. Not average on the phone with me. Oh, wow. Uh, well, that could also mean below average, but you're no, not average. No, that, that just was a dig to my heart. <laughs> wow, what a cackle. Uh, what an evil cackle. Yeah, well, it was an evil comment. My pal, <laughs> uh, still in Nova Scotia for, we hope, one more day. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully the snow did not ruin things you missed a hell of a storm holly but you will still be seeing the aftermath of it when you get back here it's holly mckenzie how are you i've been following uh i'm i'm well thank you and i am also better than average uh but yes (laughs) i followed the storm uh via social media and twitter uh pretty crazy i'm pretty sure i've never seen a storm of that magnitude the entire time i've lived in toronto um and yeah, I guess I have to wear boots tomorrow on on my flight back, which is kind of disappointing. It's not what you want. Yeah, it'll be the first time for boots this year, so. Oh yeah, you definitely need them uh to uh, even wearing boots yesterday when I attempted to take Walter out in the morning. Oh no, uh, did he disappear in the snow? Oh, he totally did. He was like doing the butterfly in the Aww. in the snow. It was amazing. He was so uh he was so bothered, um, <laughs> but like I, I didn't tie up my laces tight enough, and then you got the bad, like snow ice inside uh, the boots. Is there any worse feeling than having wet socks? I don't think there is. Yeah, but I, I the, there's, I mean, I'm sure there is. Well, but yes, but like, like, like that's, annoyance that's, level that's where up does... there. But yeah. I feel like it's worse when it like when it gets like soaking from rain as opposed to snow and ice. Uh, and it's like a damp, windy, rainy day. If your socks get wet in that, like that, for some reason, seems worse to me than a potential, like you're walking around in the snow and your socks get wet. Well, I mean, we're picking nits here. I but know. If I, had, I feel like... If, go on. Yeah. I feel like this is an odd thing to, <laughs> to be getting this podcast with. But as you know, people listening may not know, I don't wear socks. I'm not a sock person. I like to... I don't wear um, sneakers and things like that unless I'm like, you know, on a walk, having to work out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I haven't done that in a while. Thanks, pandemic. Uh, But anyway, I usually wear flats. I am, I usually am barefoot and that is the way I live my life. And I don't like wearing boots and I don't like having things on my feet. Anyway, I have a specific, whenever I think of like wearing boots in the winter or snow, I have this like very, very, very visceral memory of going to a morning winter exam, like in university and walking there and having to wear boots. And I had socks on, obviously, and they got wet with snow and I had to sit in the whole exam in the room with my feet wet and I couldn't focus at all on my exam because my feet were wet. They felt awful. I hated it. And from that point on, I've been, I just, I think of it every winter. Do you have a memory like that where you just like think of it every time about anything, I guess? I'm sure you do. We all do. That's I'm probably, I, like, I, I probably do have that, but I would need to be, um, <laughs> Primed what's, what's the to word? Think about yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. would need the thing that caused me to think about it. Like, what I think about winter, and especially this, this, um, this storm, I thought about like walking home from school and like how when all the, the snow plows and the shoveling, uh, like all the snow ends up going on lawns around you, uh, from the driveways and, and from the street. Like obviously you, you put the snow on the, on the lawns. And then I just remember like, 
and, and that would like create mini mountains of snow on each lawn. And I remember like climbing, climbing up and then like jumping down uh, each one uh, as a kid. Uh, oh, so that's, that's my that's, that's fun. A, it's a much better winter memory. Uh, a traditional uh, Raptors <laughs> January memory is losing to the Miami Heat in a rock fight. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm gonna call this week. Uh, that just passed. It was the Raptors' free bird week. Uh, I don't know if you understand that reference, Holly, uh, but that's okay. Uh, what I mean is the Raptors really played their modern era greatest hits this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like like I don't know why I didn't just predict this uh, before when we did when we predicted last week because obviously what was going to happen is they lost to Dwayne Casey in an embarrassing fashion in Detroit. Uh, An understatement, yep. Yeah, they somehow got back the next night and tormented the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo for a surprise win. And then they lost in a rock fight in Miami. Like, I think they've been playing the same game, or versions <laughs> of the same game for six years, including that playoff series in 2016. At least, at least they emerged without any new injuries. I'll never forget uh, Fred getting injured well, the last game of the season. Oh, against Miami. Against yeah, like Miami, Cam yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro- Cam Birch broke his nose. In, uh, yes, yes, that. I mentioned Miami. Uh, yeah, uh, bad. I feel silly for thinking that I could will the Raptors to a win against Detroit and break that uh, streak. Another reminder that we don't matter and we cannot will people to wins or losses. Yeah, um, I-, I think the most shocking thing was that Detroit or Miami actually had an offensive rating of 113 or so in that <laughs> in, in the win, which is like has got to be a record for the last like five years of Raptors games. Uh, like it, I know it was 104 99, but it it felt a lot more like an 89 84 yeah, game. Yeah. Like it felt like 20 points should have been taken off both scores. Uh, why does every game against the Heat like this? <laughs> So that, that, that's my only question. Oh my goodness. I, there was a there was a possession in the first half. I think it was right before halftime or like just shortly before halftime where Fred was waiting for Precious to give him the ball back and Precious just <laughs> he decided. He could be waiting for a while. Precious just decided he wasn't going to and it it felt like that possession lasted five minutes. Like it was just, there was a lot of Precious and oh, I just, to me that summed up that game. There was just a lot happening, but like without accomplishment. Do you know what I mean? I I do know what you mean. I think like on the scale of one to Raptors heat games, that that was probably only a six. Like like the max Raptors heat game was that one where the Raptors shot six for forty two a few years ago oh from my three. Gosh. Um, yeah. Like that that was the most Raptors heat game, but this still like was very much on the scale. Um, and also and- we we I think we also went into it thinking it was going to be really interesting if nothing else it was going to be interesting because we had the storyline of kyle seeing kyle play against his former teammates that didn't happen so i think like having that like one element of like ooh, this is new and exciting and fun and emotional and a lot removing that which i hope everything is okay with kyle and all of his loved ones of course he was out of the game for personal reasons um man it just made the game seem really empty to me like there was the meaning was gone because I was very emotionally shocking I was emotionally invested in Kyle Lowry uh I was very emotionally invested in seeing Kyle and we didn't see him so that that made the game feel more um just empty to me I don't know yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I actually did find it a very compelling reason for both ways that are are promising for the Raptors and ways that are are less promising for the Raptors. <laughs> uh, we'll get to all of that, uh, or, or at least some of it. I shouldn't promise we'll get to all of it. Uh, but I wanted to start off uh, with a little chat about Pascal Siakam, our old pal Pascal, uh, yeah. with the unfortunate news that Kevin Durant is out for four to six weeks and will more than likely miss the All-Star mm-hmm. game. I still think Durant's going to be voted in as a starter, but mm-hmm. like he'll he'll be replaced. That obviously off- opens up one more spot uh, on the All-Star team, mm-hmm. and I think Siakam has to be considered. Uh, let me give drop some drop some uh, knowledge, knowledge on you. Yeah, uh <laughs> 
30, 10, and 10 against the Bucks. Yeah. He was pretty comfortably, uh, I mean, it's hard to say anybody in the game against Giannis is the best, best player out there, and Giannis got to the line 17 times and, and hit all 17 And then throws. after the game, uh, Bud said oh that he thought God. they could have shot many more free throws. That, <laughs> that was an incredible that's, coach clip yeah, after the game. Just, Holy. <laughs> just intolerable. Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't like root against many people. No, so I'm oh, not even wow. rooting against him as a person. I just like I cannot stand Mike Budenholzer. Wow! In terms of how he is in the court, I don't know him. If I got to know him, it'd probably be a fine I'm relationship. Shocked! This is very but, strong, very strongly yeah. worded. Well, I thought. mean, that's such a ridiculous take. It like, was <laughs> OG Ananobi fou- OG Ananobi fouled out on mm-hmm. a play mm-hmm. where like Giannis just drove. Straight into um, there were a Ananobi, lot of elbows. Ananobi there were a was... lot of offensive elbows in that game. Yeah, and I know like the Giannis discussion is so fraught with like the old Shaq conversation. Like he's so big, he's probably f- and Dwight Howard, he's like probably fa- fouled you know two times as often as it's called. And I think there's some legitimacy to that. But like sometimes the guy is moving, and a <laughs> defender who's like nearly as big as him is moving along with him. And it's just like incidental contact and there shouldn't be a foul either way. And I think like that happens a lot in this league. And I I think like we sort of, not to glorify the Raptors heat officiating, but like I think there was a (laughs) lot of physical no calls in in that vein in that game. And like the guy got to the line 17 times and I think, you know, if you want, if you seriously broke it down by play, could you find another two free throws that he should have shot? Maybe you could also you co- find you probably some also fouls have, though as well. Yeah, and you probably, probably could have taken four away from. Yeah, so like, let's I thought that calm was funny. Down. Uh, let's but calm also, down, Mike. Also, I thought it was funny that their social team used a um, kind of snarky Drake quote in their like end of the night rap when. It's like, how can you use a Drake quote when your coach, like, tried to get Drake banned, <laughs> basically, yeah, in like, the playoffs? Like, like we've, both, we've both won championships here. Like, let's, like, tip the hat and move on. Like, the it was Bucks funny. Really I thought good. that was funny. Also, uh, someone on Twitter, I can't remember who we've right already now. Got, we've already gotten off topic. Well, they funny. asked me if my mom had any thoughts or words for Bobby Portis after this second game because of the first <laughs> game. She definitely did. Uh, when he was at the line shooting free throws she i could hear her saying miss miss and then every time like he would miss or get a foul called against him or miss a shot whatever it was free throw shot whatever she would say good good for you every time something didn't go his way and i was like wow she is really she is into this you know what she should have yelled oh no yes sir yes sir (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is what Pascal uh, and and Bobby were, yeah. Yeah, each I love other Bobby with. Portis. Now. I do too. I, 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 I understand why he gets on everybody's nerves, including Pascal. Siakam, oh, but he's so but, much fun. Like if you yeah. are if you're a Bucks fan, you would absolutely die for that guy. He's great. Yeah, I I, I don't think he's like the player type the Raptors could use the most, but. Honestly, the Raptors could use any personality depth, so. would be awesome. We uh, have to get yeah. back to talking about Pascal. Yeah, yeah. So thirty so, ten and ten against Milwaukee. Yes. Overall, he's averaging twenty one eight point four and five. And over the last fifteen games, these numbers just keep going up. Twenty three point four points, nine point two rebounds, six point three assists. Uh, maybe the best defender on the team, give mm-hmm. or take a Fred mm-hmm. Van Vliet. Uh, you have to consider it. So I, I, I actually want to, I want to break down the names, but I think we have both agreed repeatedly that he's playing at an all-star level. For sure. Um, and and whether, the, yeah. whether or not he makes the team, like who really cares because he is playing at that level and that's the important thing. Go on, the issue. The issue is the Raptors. A week ago, we were <laughs> their record. A week yeah. ago, I was saying, "Yeah, I'll roll with my fifth in the East." Now, what are they? Ninth, I think. They are not East yeah. right now. Yeah, which of course yeah. is a product of the East being extremely the the yeah. There, there is now like a pretty clear delineation, and not that it can't be made up. But credit to the Cleveland Cavaliers for like playing really well after their injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the seeds like six through 11 
uh, are pretty bunched up with Atlanta on the outside. Uh, who then they also beat Milwaukee a good win on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, but it's uh, so seeds seven through eleven: uh, Charlotte, Toronto, Boston, Washington, and the uh, nine Knicks are like, I don't know if the standing's in front of me, but it's something like two and a half or three games separating those five teams. Uh, but there's plenty of season to go. Uh, right. So, I do, I but, just think... But in it's my, just going to, yeah. yes, it's going to be hard what you're saying. To have you two all-stars in, in a game if you're on the outside looking in of the those top six teams. Uh, and I yeah. personally think that Fred needs to be there. But that, again, saying that you're looking at Pascal's numbers, of course, like they're absolutely worthy of being an all-star. And it shows why he has been an all-star before. He's been incredible. The assists continue to blow my mind. For sure. He's been a great playmaker. And as you can see, uh, Fred Van Vliet occasionally uh getting ground down, which we will talk about. Uh, His playmaking has never been more valuable to this Mm -hmm. team. Uh, And and also, as, as, uh, you know, OG Ananobi had some late game attempts against the against the the heat and you can see he's just not quite there which is fine like this is development for him and he's you know not as fluid as as siakam yet because he hasn't had the reps and maybe he's just not naturally Mm -hmm. that guy uh, and it will take more work but you can see that you know because of his size and his fluidity siakam having the ball one to get Fred off the ball and make him a off ball threat and like help the spacing for everybody and B to get, you know, also get Ananobi off the ball. So you have your two best spot up shooters three, when Gary Trent comes back off the ball like that, that it just makes the most sense to have like more often than not involve him Mm -hmm. in the primary Mm -hmm. action. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, my my brain just Oh, sorry. I wanted to mention the moment after after the Bucks game when Pascal had the triple double, 30 10 and 10. Uh it was so wonderful just to see how happy he looked, but even more than that to see how happy his teammates looked for him and I don't know if you remember this on the broadcast. I, but I, I sorry, go on. Scotty jumping up and down like uh like a chi- like a child <laughs> would be jumping up and down on like Christmas morning was such a highlight for me it was just so pure and it perfectly captured the essence of scotty but also how loved pascal is by his teammates and i just loved that i thought it was really sweet and especially after you know the last season that pascal has had and the start of this season especially like coming back from injury like it's been a grind for him just to see him have that freedom on the floor with the success and then to see him celebrated by his teammates really just was wonderful uh, I love the way he's talking about himself. I love the mm-hmm. way he's talking about his game. I, I know that people, especially, you know, basketball fans who live on Twitter can roll their eyes at this stuff. And and I mean, I think sometimes I roll my eyes at it too, but... Uh, I do not it's, roll it's, my it's, eyes it's, at uh, it. Like, like not when, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying not in every case do I... Like, it's a chicken or egg thing. Like, what yes, comes yes, first, yes. the good perspective or the good play? Sometimes. Um, but... Regardless of what came first, in this case, I I really like the way Siakam appears to be approaching the game and approaching life, uh, and uh, it's really good to see. So, just running down the the All Star conversation before we move on, I've got seven locks, not counting Kevin Durant. You can tell me if you disagree. Uh, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. DeMar DeRozan, uh, James Harden, who I wouldn't have had a lock as a lock before Durant went out. Right. Uh, now I think he's definitely getting it. I think he would have gotten in anyway, but now he's moved up to lock status for me because the Nets are going to have to have a player there. Uh, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine, all getting in. Any disagreements? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I do wonder if uh, Zach will be healthy and playing in yeah. that game if he, I if he misses so, yeah but. if he misses all of the next three or four weeks maybe that puts him outside so we're talking about two uh, anyway i'll move on so for now we have those seven guys mm-hmm. uh, sorry I, I basically meant like if he would be healthy to play in the game i think that yeah, he will be has done enough to in, yeah of course definitely uh probably making it um so something would have to go dramatically wrong 
down the stretch or down the the stretch before All Star reserves are announced. Uh, Drew Holiday, Fred Van Vliet, Jarrett Allen, and Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, any yeah, disagreements yeah. there? No. Uh, I think Tatum ele- uh, sort of elevated into that spot as, as the Celtics have vaguely improved their play. Uh, and that, my friends, only leaves one spot in the All Star <laughs> game. So you can get, you can say Pascal Siakam should be in the game, but then you got to take. You know, either one of those guys off or you've got to really believe he's been better uh, in the half season than all of the rest of these guys. Uh, I think my leader in the clubhouse for the spot would be Darius Mm -hmm. Garland. um, But also Chris Middleton, LaMelo Ball. Charlotte doesn't have anybody on on the first Mm -hmm. 11 guys, so maybe you want to include them. Uh, Jalen Brown, Miles Bridges, Bradley Beal, DeMontis Sabonis, Kyle Lowry. Uh, for reason, basically for the reason you mentioned, uh, I don't think Siakam's getting in. I would bet on Garland or Ball getting that mm-hmm. final spot right now. Yeah, I feel uh, like I feel like I don't know that it's those are the two names that jump out to me too for different reasons. Though Garland just because of the season that the that he's having as well as the Cavs, but with Lamelo, he's just such a flashy player that like we're better for him to oh great all star player for yeah sure. like a dream a dream uh player to have at that game so and a deserving player he's great super fun yeah like we're uh, you know when you get down to this stage of things you're really the problem depend- is there's it depends too much what you're talent. looking for <laughs> yeah. 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 Um I mean I'd be all, I'd be all for a 15 man uh all star birth, but then like we're still <laughs> we're we're still having conversations. It's just a matter of who you're picking between. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't really bother me uh the size of the roster. It, it does make being an all-star more of an honor, which I'm I'm generally for keeping things not in life, but like in terms of like rewards and awards. Like I, I think the more exclusive something is uh, the more, the more it meaningful means. it is, yeah. and that's why, like, all NBA is sort of one of the ult- ultimate things for me, right? Um, as opposed to just the All Star game. Anyway, uh, unless you have any thoughts, we can move on uh, from there. We can Follow. move on. I uh, just with Zach, so thankful that he's healthy. Uh, I thought he it was going to be a bad injury when he left the game with a knee injury, but he seems to be good. They're just going to be managing that. Thank goodness for that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I think these next two points are related. Uh, we can see, (laughs) we can see see the good or the bad. (laughs) Uh, so let's start with the good. Uh, well, let's, let's start with the bad and then we'll quickly transition to the good. The bad, as we mentioned, was Ken Birch out, broken nose, chipping away at the Raptors, pretty much non-existent depth. Uh, he will be out as of Monday, 10 to 14 uh, days, according that's to brutal. Also, it just uh, sucks for him. Like, take away the Raptors for a second. It really sucks for him to be traded to, or be with the Raptors, sign with the Raptors, show how well he fits in with this team. Like, we saw towards the end yeah. of last year, it was just like a perfect fit. We saw this year how important he was to the team's success in the games that he played. Man, he can't catch a break this year at just staying on the court. Yeah. It's really big, I mean, the biggest thing was just the knee swallowing mm-hmm. that was mysterious. Uh, you hate those lingering injuries that, I mean, I, I'm sure we haven't gotten all the information about that, but there didn't appear to be right a lot to solve. It was just sort of a waiting, waiting. game and, and seeing what the optimal state they could get them to was. Uh, but, I mean, games like Monday, which we'll get <laughs> back to, I promise, uh, you see, like, even if he's playing 18 minutes a night, like those 18 minutes, it makes are a huge so difference. Yeah. Yep, uh, and sure. the reason we know that is because over the last two games, Precious Ugh. Achua is averaging 38 minutes a game. Uh, I like that in the rundown, it just says Precious averaging 38 minutes and then in brackets, LOL, because really, <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, yeah that, that's <laughs> it's a not lot like, of minutes. It's a lot. I'm of not precious. besmirching precious. Like I no, think no, no. Uh, this is in the positive category. I'd say like even though he's still having his nightly adventures with shot selection, um, he has been really good. He was mm-hmm. great defensively against Giannis. Mm-hmm. He has mm-hmm. ten combined offensive rebounds in those two games. Sure, he needs to calm down. Uh, also in times. capital letters, which yeah. I appreciated, uh, needs to calm down. But yes, I think what we're seeing is the reason the Raptors were so high on him. And I would say, like that game against Milwaukee, 
was the height of his the best utility. Yeah, for sure. That I think that was definitely his best like performance for the Raptors in a game like that on like both ends. Like, yeah, you could definitely see why the team wanted him, and you also see why he is averaging thirty eight minutes right now, even though that's you know far too many minutes for the reasons we've mentioned. You can see why he's been the guy to get those minutes right now. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely trending the right way. Saying that, like, he takes... Like, he definitely does take some egregious shots. And it's... I think it's a fine line between empowering your players and empowering them to play within the team concept. And mm-hmm. I, I think... I, and you sort of, like... Scotty Barnes maybe go, like goes the other way in terms of like <clears throat> he'll default to the pass right where is like to you don't a have fault, to worry about to a fault he will shoot. default yeah. to the pass whereas to a fault precious achua will default to shooting uh also to a fault and that's fine i i don't know which one you'd prefer like i, I guess it depends on the role so you you'd maybe prefer them to be like the exact opposite switching. But, yeah, switching. But, but i'm yeah but uh, i mean both are okay and but you has got to be trending upward, right? Yes. And you said it's a fine line. This is where I make my reference to Harry Styles because I can. Uh, his last album was Fine Line. Final song on the album, the chorus is, the refrain is, will be a fine line, will be a fine line, will be all right. And I think that Precious will be all right. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, it's a funny thing. Uh, Bit of a stretch, but I needed to do it. Yeah, there was a question uh, pregame against Miami about the Raptors improving their roster. Uh we might get into that in some Twitter questions, but uh, Nurse mentioned there are like seven guys who they really want to roll with. And anything else beyond that would seem like, like they don't really want to interrupt that. And I think Precious is one of those guys. And I think Ken Birch is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the other five starters that went healthy. Mm-hmm. And like right now, Chris Boucher would obviously be the eighth guy, but he's still not in like... I don't think they're in a place where we're definitely seeing Chris Boucher uh, minutes. To se- I, I mean, as we've said frequently over the last few weeks, he's been great. He was great against Miami. Don't need to re, uh, re-litigate that. But just in terms of what this team is thinking about, you know, the, the medium-term future, so the end of the season, I think it's those seven guys who the Raptors really don't want to interrupt or, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. get in the way of. Or yeah, you really to, maybe there'd have to be something. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, I no, no. I was just gonna say you really saw that in the Miami game. Obviously, Kem and Gary weren't in those playing in that game, but uh, whew. Yeah. yeah. So that brings us to the next point. We're really out here playing six guys and nine minutes of Justin Champagne in game number forty-one mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the season. <laughs> um. I remember game seven against the Sixers uh, in 2019. I think only seven guys played in that game. I, I think right, Norman right, Powell right, right. Wow. was a DNP coach's decision. And like, even then it seemed extreme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I get it. And this has been, this I has get been the trend this season. Yeah. The minutes are just, whew. But there's some cognitive dissonance issues uh, because, I mean, all year long, Nick Nurse has said, like, this is a weird year. You're going to need 13 mm-hmm. guys because of all the injuries, because of the COVID product protocols, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and this was a lot of what the Twitter questions were about. Uh, there were questions or, or 
you know, there's so much talk about development, and first and foremost, that's Scotty Barnes, but it's also, you're, I mean, you saw it early in the season with Delano Banton. Uh, there are certainly some long-term thoughts that go into, that should be going into the game as much as how do we win tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's, I get it, but I don't, I can't say I support it. Where are you at? Where are you at with uh, with? Yeah, what it's really tough. I think. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think I think Monday is an ext- was an extreme example. Yes, but we've yes. sort of been heading there for a while. It was an extreme example, but I also still think you have to find a way to add a few more people in. Like, you have to get people a few more minutes rest, even if it's just putting in people for very short stints. Um, especially Fred. Like we've talked about this all season, but. The minutes he's been playing, you're kind of starting to see it some games, I think. And credit to Fred, like his conditioning, like the amount of effort he's able to put in each night and come up with, you know, some of these hustle plays that I don't I don't know where he's digging into the well to find more energy, uh, considering the way he plays uh, and the amount of minutes he plays. But um, yeah, it's not great. Like you said, it's game 41. You can't like you got to get someone else into the game even if it's just for really short stints and I I do think it's hard to like blame a coaching staff because I mean you referenced Nick saying that this season was going to be this way and it is this is not an ideal season to be coaching um in the NBA I don't think I think we've seen that whether it's through protocols or injuries or whatever especially with the Raptors in general their their situation has been different than any other team in this league I thought it was interesting I think this was in I think this wasn't a recent piece of yours. If it wasn't, I apologize, but you can correct me. I'll I'll, Um, I'll take credit. It's fine. You can take credit. Yeah. Where Nick essentially said like this season has been tougher than the bubble and Tampa, like just in terms of like there's been bigger. He said that Monday night before the Miami game. So there's been like deeper valleys and it's just harder to like pick yourself up each night. And I thought that that was really illuminating. Not surprising, but illuminating to hear him say that, like to hear the coach say that while he's in it, as opposed to saying it, you know, at the end of the season or next season, looking back, I thought it was a really interesting thing to hear him say. And I think it's true. Like, I think it's probably not just true for the coaching staff, but for the players as well. So it's hard for me to like blame why this is happening. Like I, we see why it's happening, but I definitely do agree that, uh, yeah, we have to have more people playing. Yeah. I think a lot of of that was about uh, what Nurse was saying about it being so difficult was about the the way the COVID mm-hmm. situation has gone mm-hmm. and how For like, sure. it really seemed like a return to normalcy, sold out crowds, uh, guys are vaccinated. I yeah. mean, it's society writ yeah, yeah. small, right? We've like, all uh, there's, been... there's, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, when when Nurse says like. Frankly, it's like hard on me. Like I, I, I find myself having to like psych myself. I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but like having to find the positivity, having to, to really do that. And that's not, you know, to use Nick Nurse's own lingo. That's not a, uh, no, 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 I forgot. That's not a frequency he tends to vibrate on. Like he, uh, oh wow, okay, he tends, <laughs> he tends to be positive to to a fault um and uh, not to a fault uh, i shouldn't say that but uh yeah it, it's like it's, it's been two years of this it's taken and also like all of i us. think a lot of questions that people seem to have about this team um specifically the roster is the raptors sign guys um because they believe in their ability to develop players has the development been there all of those questions i think it is hard to go through the normal like it's hard any everything is hard to be judged normally right now for the for those for the reasons we've just mentioned you know yeah uh saying that let me read you some individual net ratings uh negative 6.7 these are per 100 possessions uh negative 7.5 negative 10.7 negative 12.3 you want to know who those net ratings sure sure uh for the season Svi Mikhailuk Delano Batten, Yuta Watanabe, Malachi Flynn. Uh, Listen, you, you, you want to know why uh, there's lots of <laughs> lots of extenuating circumstances, sure. but those are the guys who he has to find time for to supplement who's available now, and we can at least understand while saying, "I'd really like to see Yuta get ten minutes a night with this group." You were very harsh. In your grading 
of Malachi Flynn? Uh... I don't think I was, but let's get to it. Uh, mid-season Malachi, grade. you gave him a D. <laughs> you want you want to know what it almost was? <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, could, I could, I could tell, I could tell from your reasoning that, yeah, you basically said he hasn't played enough to yeah. have a higher rating, but also a lower rating. Actually, I should say, I should say, I don't think you're. Well, I mean, I guess your grading was fair. Um, <laughs> I probably would have been higher. I think I would have just went been C minus because. For the same reasons that you said you couldn't um, give him a higher or lower grade, I just feel like he needs he he hasn't had enough time to. I mean, that's my general takeaway. Anything? Do you know what I mean? That's my general takeaway. Yes, but when your second year point guard and the minutes he's playing, whatever those minutes are, has a true shooting percentage of forty two point seven, which is like. Worse is the worst on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worse than Precious Achua. Uh, now Malachi doesn't get to finish alley oops, uh, which are which are I mean usually help Precious up. But like he just, yeah, he, he hasn't done enough to be lower. But in the time he's gotten, it's been really bad. That sounds so I, brutal. I think I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting for. I can't believe we're starting here with the grades. I'm sorry. Discussion. I'm sorry. It just we were talking about what players <laughs> who can get in. You can't play six players in Champagne who needs to get in. I really, really thought that at some point during this season we would see Malachi get like an extended run and we haven't. And I, I mean think I, I, just, I for sure did too. I feel bad for him, I guess. And and I'm not saying that he has shown like in the time that he has gotten, I'm not saying that he has done enough yeah. to show that he does deserve more, but I also just can't shake the fact yeah. that I think he's a better player than what we've seen this year. I yeah, just do. I, I will say, like, of those four guys I just ran down, he has, like, by the numbers, gotten the least run and the least opportunity. I would also say he's shown the fewest flashes right. per minute. Like, like not just on but a... But coming into this season, like, like just looking at what you've seen, what you have heard from the team about what they have seen and think or thought about Malachi, don't you think he's a better player than what we've seen this season? Because I do. I mean, he almost has to be. Not, like, not to be a jerk about it, but, like, he was better last year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think, like, he cemented himself as a future nba last year, but, like, he showed signs of it, for sure, and So he... I'm... I'm still holding we out. We just haven't seen those Malachi. flashes at all. We haven't seen them at all. Uh, so, But also, I, I, like, when you talked about who gets in, I want to see more Delano. Uh, I, I am do. Still, I, I'm still at the place where I would prefer him in the G League for an extended time. Well, if, I think if you have, I would... If you have Svi and Utah both available, I want to see Banton with G League, in the G League, with Raptors 905, playing 30 minutes a night. I think that's the best thing for him. I agree with you. Like, I think if Delano is getting 10 minutes or less with the Raptors, he should be with 905. Like, playing, getting reps in a game, that's definitely to be preferred. But I feel like looking at the Raptors team and the minutes and the issues that we've just talked about, I would like to see him getting time with the Raptors. Understandable. I think, like, I just think you only need one of him or Flynn up at any given time. But you've uh, also said that Flynn isn't going to get in, so... Well, but, but I, I'm not saying I don't think he should. I'm okay, saying that okay. he hasn't merited it. Uh, and even even if I don't think... Even if I didn't think he should get in, <laughs> uh, you still need one of those guys as a body. So uh, who is your preferred mer- guy to be with I already Raptors? said, I think Utah, sh- Utah, I think, has shown the most over his Raptors tenure to be a piece who could fit in and contribute. Um, yeah, and also I do want to say, like, I know that his production has been down a bit since he returned from protocols. I think that, like, no one should be too concerned about that, at least not yet. Like, let people come back and get their feet under them. And yeah, I just think his floor in terms of like what he, like, you know, certain things he's going to bring, like he's, he's going to be in the right place defensively. And like, uh, he's going to bring energy and some sort of, uh, you know, steel passing lane threat and even a little bit of rim protection. We saw earlier in the year, how he had really improved as a, as a guy with like a minimal amount of secondary creation. I just think he's shown the most. And, uh, like, I, I think he would be ahead of Svi and he would 
be ahead based on what they've done, just based on merit. That's all we're discussing, not what's smart long-term right, or short, right, long-term. Right, right, right. I think he's the guy. If Nick Nurse is in this, like, we need these wins mode, uh, I think he's the guy. If not, there's more of a case to make for Delano, I think. Uh, yeah, so. no, I agree with you there. Like, I definitely think that um, we we had had the decision about Utah Sfi and Champagny and, like, who where that ranking was. And I think that Champagny has put himself, you know, above in that conversation, at the top of that conversation. And then I think it would be Utah. So I guess I, I think we agree. We just were coming to that agreement in a different yeah, way. Yeah, I, I think like two of these guys, I'm including Champagne in there. At, mm-hmm. the, at the very minimum, two of those guys need like 10 to 15 minutes a night. Yeah. And like that still leaves your starters playing a ton of minutes, like yeah. near the league lead in minutes. Yeah. But yeah. it's just more less, manageable for yeah. sure. Um, because it's hard, and the Raptors have they have three games to make up that were postponed. So, like the second, you know, that just the math is simple. The second half of the season is going to be more condensed than the first half was. Like uh, it's uh, that's the way it is. I think the Raptors are either at the bottom or very close to the bottom in games played, and uh. Each team has the same number of games, or the same. They end their seasons on the same day. I don't the second know half that to always be a fact. feels more packed too, because you have the All Star break, like yeah. that week of. But you do get the break, games. so that's not nothing. But then the games come fast and furiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast, quickly, and furiously. Uh, let's let's quickly go through uh, my grades. You can tell me if you disagree <laughs> uh, anywhere. I know one place you're going to disagree, so I'm <clears> stealing myself with it. Uh, we talked last week about Fred Van Vliet. I kept him at an A instead of an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Uh, okay, whatever. You know my methodology here. But I'm what not... But what would he have had to have done to get that bump to an A+. Plus? Like, uh, why didn't he? What has he not done? That he's... isn't a fault of his own. Like, Well, but I, I, there also has to be a ceiling thing, right? Like, I, I, I do think at some point there is... You would like, be the professor you, that would you, like that would like not give someone an A plus because then how could you get a higher grade? Uh, I mean, there is an element <laughs> of truth to that, but I I, I don't the, like those professors. That, that's that makes... fine. As a student, I didn't <laughs> like them either. But like, I, I've I just like I remember the way, and not to like compare Fred Van Vliet to Kyle Lowry for the billionth time. Yeah, but here I we remember go. like peak Kyle Lowry seasons in which he is just impacting the game on such a high level on a like team that's winning 65% of its games and this team isn't. Is that Fred Van Vliet's fault? I mean, largely no. not. That's why he has an A, but but we what, can all, so we what can go does he down have to do favor- to get an A plus? Is it just that the I Raptors think he have has to, to drag some of those role players that aren't getting minutes right now to better performances? Um, like, like there is some <laughs> sort of I'm gonna make this work for you guys. There is that extra bit of my impact is is so immense that you see players playing above their heads. I guess I just and feel I like I saw that without... with Kyle Lowry and I see it with Fred Van Vliet. I just don't see it to the same level. And barring that, I'm not giving an A plus to a guy who just isn't like a super duper star. I disagree. That's just how it's going to be. I just, I don't think that we can have to, I don't think we can look at Kyle Lowry greatest Raptor of all time and put that put that same level of grading or those circumstances on Fred and also I just I don't like I I look at the Raptors and who they are and especially the amount of games that they've played without their big like three quote-unquote Fred has been the guy that has been out there the most I think he's missed the fewest games of all of those guys this season Think about the amount of games yeah. that he has pulled those guys to wins and he has gotten more out of them and helped them come along and shown them how to win and done all of those things. To me, I just don't think that you can ask for more from Fred. And I can't believe we are fighting over an well, A plus I mean, and an grades, A. Grades that do is not how strongly ex- I feel grades about do not the role. exist 
for anything but to have these nitpicking conversations. Right. That is yeah. what I, that is how strongly I feel about the role that Fred has played this year on both ends of the court and also in the locker room and away from the floor as well. The times that we don't see. I think that Fred is an A plus. I feel strongly about that. And that's why I'm arguing this this uh, uh passionately about about a grade that he's been great. Uh he's been great. And I would say that his defense is maybe not at previous levels, but there's no Kyle Lowry to split those like He's also, like, like leading there the are reasons in for all of it, right? Like, there, is he there still are leading the league in minutes? Uh, I believe minutes per game, not total minutes per minutes. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Fred, Fred is great. Scotty Barnes, A minus. Fred is A plus. Yep. Um, Continue. What do you give Scotty Barnes? I gave him an A minus. Uh, yeah, totally fine with that. I think that's uh, great. Uh, Pascal Siakam, <laughs> this is the one I actually thought you'd vehemently disagree on, and I think you will. Like, I gave him a B plus only because. Yeah. He's played 28 games, and that first third of the season where right. he was, like, fine, but not this level of Pascal, still is, like, because he's played 30 games, or 28 games, like, that's mm-hmm. a big chunk of his season. No, I have no issue with that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> OG Ananobi, uh, I gave him a B. Uh, it's just, uh, as I said in my Kem Birch uh, part, uh, the most important ability is availability. Uh, similar to what we just talked about, Pascal Siakam. Uh, when you don't play that many games, like, like I think OG has been very steady uh, and at times has looked like he's going to take a leap, but this has basically been the version of Ananobi that we've come to expect. And He's been very that, good, but yeah. not like thrilling, over-the-top yeah. surprising. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Gary Trent, B+. Great. Yeah, I could have been convinced to an A minus with Gary Trent, but you know, missed eight games now, uh, and I think the defense was a bit was waning a little bit. Chris Boucher, this might have been the hardest one because it's like, how do you balance an A and a D, uh, <laughs> or a D and yeah, an A? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, well, I gave him a I gave him a B minus, uh, and. You know, yeah, maybe, I think that's fair. I think a, that yeah. his role has been so incredible over the past month or so. I don't know how long it's been. Again, my brain and time doesn't work. Has it been two months that he's been playing great? A he, month and um, half? So Chris Black of Sportsnet has, has pointed out that his numbers are really way up since he was uh, benched uh, in the November 28th game. Yeah, so that was, I was going to say, through December, I think he's uh, been really good I don't think too. we really noticed it until about halfway through December, but he's been much better since then. Yeah, I mean, I would maybe say... You said, what did you give him? A B minus? B minus. I'd probably say a B or a B plus, but I'm not like super against you're that. Not Fred, the start... You're not Fred Levels going to spend five <laughs> minutes arguing. No, I'm not. Again, that shows how I feel about Fred Van Vliet, I guess. Continue. Uh, and I don't think we need to talk much more about it. I gave Justin Champagny a B, and I just want to explain myself a little bit. Uh, like, obviously, he's exceeded any expectations of a undrafted rookie free agent. Uh, it's you know just who else is an undrafted uh, undrafted player? Uh, the guy that you're comparing to Kyle Lowry for the reason you wouldn't give him an A plus. Continue. Yeah, but now we're he's good. getting paid. He's getting paid twenty two million dollars a year. We're or good. Continue. So I'm curious. We're not. We're clearly not good. And I was still right about last week, and you were wrong. Um, but uh, so I gave him a B just because his role isn't big enough to warrant higher. Like you know, versus expectations, like he's... No, for sure. He's, like, one of the highest players on the board, but it's just hard to... And also, it's awesome to see Champagne getting a B. That's great. Like, that is incredible for him, and I hope it continues. Yeah. Uh, If you want to see the rest of my grades, uh, theathletic.com, go subscribe, go read, uh, and thanks. Subscribe to The Athletic. Read Eric. Read everybody. Listen to us. Listen to everybody. Great deal. Well, don't listen to everybody. Uh, maybe I mean I, I trust most people here at the Athletic, but just in general, don't listen to everybody. I just meant podcast wise. Like, there's plenty of content if you are a person who likes to hear basketball talk as you go about your day and your chores and whatever else. Your yeah. commute, I guess. Um, I don't know. Are people commuting now? I feel it. Maybe even some whatever. Are. Some yeah. people are. Uh, so let's get to a few Twitter questions before we sign off here. Uh, and we're really going to have to keep it short because I keep on getting mad at myself for going too long. Each week it happens. Uh, Go Sports says... Doesn't help why... that I was talking about my feet being wet in an exam in university. Continue. Yeah, but that that's banter. People love banter. 
Uh, five minutes of banter, maybe not necessary off the top, but here we are. Ghostport says, why did we take Malachi Flynn over Desmond Bain? Uh, well, why did a bunch of teams take their players over Desmond Bain? Uh, and I, I'm only mentioning this question, and thank you for the question. I don't mean to deride any question. Um, but the Raptors front office gets deified, and I think this isn't to criticize the Raptors front office. This is to talk about, like, remembering that, like, even the best processes uh, mm-hmm. result don't produce 100% of the time. It's and, really hard and, to predict the future when you are drafting a player. Yeah, the risk of, like, saying, oh, Masai is one of the best uh, executives in the league, which I think he is, and he's, like, the best decision maker, and the Raptors have this great development system, is thinking they can't fail, and, like, let's remember, like, with all the information, with all the time that goes into it, like, the best scouting departments, the best front offices screw up a lot. Like, like, like it's really hard, especially with the 29th freaking pick. You know? And there's also, like, like, circumstances, and I hate to harp on this, and I'm not trying to use it as an excuse, but the past two years of the NBA season has just been insane, and I think it's extremely hard to evaluate talent over the past two years, the bubble, being in Tampa, being here, you have fans, you don't have fans, there's injuries, people are in and out. Not that that is a complete, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Excuse. Uh, ab- absol- what's Abs- Absolution. That is not an absolution for, you know, what we're seeing. I was going to say absolvement. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the word, but I could. Yeah, that that is basically what I was thinking of. Um, yeah, I just think it's a really hard time to accurately or, or, or properly evaluate because there are so there's so many things out of the ordinary happening over the past two years. Um, and I also think that we've talked about it earlier this conversation i think malachi is better than a d and i wouldn't be surprised if he does get time somewhere but more to the point let's leave room for errors uh Mm -hmm. because people make mistakes desmond bain has been great who's to say another thing uh, that we often talk with the raptors who's to say he would have had the same success here uh as a two-way wing playing behind OJ Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, playing behind the two guards last year. It might not have worked out the same for him. Um, but love Memphis, love Ja Morant, love Taylor Love Jarkins. Ja Morant. Also, uh, Taylor is human. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like this is a good spiritual question for you. Uh, not not like in go- a God spiritual way, <laughs> just like a f- more philosophical way. Cynthia Lynch touching on the idea that this was Freebird Week, does always being able to beat Milwaukee make up for never being able to beat Detroit? Oh, man. This is kind of like those, like the quote when players are like, I hate losing more than I like winning. Yeah. So I think that no, it doesn't. I know that like people say it feels so great to beat the Bucks and blah, blah, blah. Like, haha, it's so funny that the Bucks lose to the Raptors. I don't think it makes up for it because... (laughs) The annoyance factor of watching the Raptors uh, not show up against the Pistons and that team just looked like a team that was not the team that we had just watched for the past two weeks. And the fact that they do this time and time again um, without reason, uh, to me, it does not make up for it because the frustration of watching this team lose to the Pistons time and time again in many different ways um, is more frustrating than the joy of watching them uh, defeat the bucks thoughts we, what do you we think cr- we crave logic and i i completely agree we crave logic in a lot in an illogical r- world which is Ooh, uh yeah which is a problem uh it, it should make up for it but it doesn't quite because it just uh, doesn't make sense like their performance yeah. against the pistons on friday night was infuriating yeah and I'm sure uh, it was like, like it's not just us watching it. I'm sure for the players in the game, it was even more infuriating. Like, it was just such a soft offensive start. And it's just like, if you run your your stuff with, like, the intention and 100%, like, I hate the word effort because it's it gets thrown around incorrectly, I feel. But, like, if you just run your stuff as hard as possible, like... Those turnovers leading those I don't know how I said that word. Those turnovers leading to you know <laughs> Detroit fast breaks don't happen. Uh, yeah, well, if, if the game, the Raptors that we saw against Milwaukee, if they had, if that team had played on Friday, it would have been a forty-five point win. Uh, 
I don't think it would have been a four to five point win, but it would have been a. a I'm being dramatic point. because that's would have been how a annoyed I was. Credit to Cade Cunningham. He was awesome. Um, and Trey he Lyles, awesome. uh, speaking of the athletic yeah, buddy, uh, James Edwards, who apparently James Edwards the third, who was voted uh, Michigan Sports Writer of the Year. Congratulations <gasps> oh, to him. Congratulations. Has a really good piece uh, with Trey Lyles talking about his sort of mental health uh, uh, state and his routine and being in therapy. It's really good. Uh, oh, just that's like a, amazing! A nice I conversation. I, yeah, I had not seen that. Congratulations uh, to James, and I definitely and to read that. And, and yeah, and to Trey. No, Trey was really great, and he has had a couple really good games for the Pistons in the past couple weeks, which has been really awesome to see. Uh, last one, J Mock uh, asks, "I would love a deep dive into oh what gosh, is considered a flagrant foul." It seems ones that aren't are, and vice versa lately. What's up with how those are called? Holly, go off. <laughs> For, I have uh, to say that when you started that question and you said J-Mock, I thought you were talking about an NBA player, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea who this is. How am I out of the loop? Uh, no. Really had a really had a panic moment there. Uh, yeah, you and me both, J-Mock. I <laughs> am with you. I agree very strongly with that question, and I don't have an answer for you. Uh, yeah, it feels like a lot of times it is uh, the call is made on the um, result, like whether, whether someone – uh, falls to the ground or whether they appear to be hurt or injured or like they were yeah the the whole intent thing doesn't really seem to follow through on how flagrants are called in my opinion and I do think it is an issue and it frustrates me to no end you? uh I'm gonna get to the intent in a little bit uh I do want to say that Scotty but we're I mean this question I'm sure was inspired the, by, the play by Kayla in the was it Caleb night, Martin yeah. or is it the other Martin I can't. Which one's on Miami? <sighs> now you're making what, me panic. Sorry. When Martin fouled uh, Scotty Barnes on an awesome coast to coast dunk, uh, there was, I would yes, say, Caleb. A, a, yeah, a hand on the back, uh, certainly from behind mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. when Barnes was going full speed, and so was Martin, uh, and a swipe at the block, which hit Barnes' arm, and then maybe some. Uh, extracurricular stuff as they were coming to the ground. Although, like, when two players are, are poised to fall to the ground, it's hard for me to, like, really expect much of them other than to try and not injure themselves. So I don't want to assign too much, like, malice there. Um, for what it's worth, Scotty Barnes said he didn't think it was a flagrant. Now, I don't think he's in a position to make that call. Right. Um, but why I want to bring that up is because I wasn't, like, outraged by the lack of flagrant. A lot of people were. But it does bewilder me to the point of this question based on what's been called. Uh, So let me me read the difference. So a flagrant one uh, is if contact is committed against a player with or without the ball is interpreted interpreted to be unnecessary, a flagrant foul penalty one will be assessed. So that's not about intent. It's just about whether it's necessary. Uh, A flagrant two is if contact committed against a player with or without the ball is interpreted to be unnecessary and excessive, a flagrant foul penalty two, which of course gets the guy ejected, will be called. Um, And now, I think the reason that I I wasn't outraged by that, by the call, it being a common foul, is because I sort of grew up thinking that this definition of a flagrant two was what made a flagrant one. Right. Do you sort of feel similarly to me? Yeah, like just and I also think that? that there's... Yes, and I also think that there is the rule about any contact above the head. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's, like a, that's above... a separate issue, although maybe valid in this case. Um, but And but any yes, contact that's like a when a player is in the issue. air. So like if someone is like you know, creating content with contact with a player when they are in the air. So it's dangerous. Um, and it doesn't seem necessary. Yeah. I mean, to me, <laughs> to me, the flagrant one definition almost is like a foul. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the flagrant two definition seems like a flagrant one definition. Yeah, A flagrant two should be a flagrant one, a flagrant, the current flagrant two should be a, a flagrant one a flagrant two should then become something that like is not only unnecessary and excessive, but like 
with malice reckless L- yeah. like, like not even yeah. reckless like yeah with intent with yeah with malicious intent um, i guess so i'm okay like i'm generally okay with them calling that a common foul except that it makes no sense given what we've seen called a, a flagrant in the past and like so if it's just unnecessary like i think that that nudge in the back is like kind of fine and incidental I think the block attempt that turned into him hitting him from behind in the arm is, like, unnecessary and dangerous. Uh, And so I would have given him a flagrant one based on how I've seen the rules called. Based on the wording of the rule, I don't hate that it was a common foul. Yeah, see, I think the problem is the wording of the rule and the way that it is called, which is not to the wording of the rule. Like, you mentioned the block attempt that ends up hitting him as being dangerous. I feel like officials often look at it and and commentators as well and they say it was a play on the ball. Like if he hit the if he was going for the ball it doesn't matter if he hit the guy across the face. You know like and that's fine, but then that's not going to the rule as it's written. Yeah, just be consistent with it and like call it to the rule. Uh so so we yeah. all know what it should be and yes, but to the question to how the question was posed, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I often don't know what is going to yeah, be we have no called answers. and what's going to be reviewed. It, it it changes game to game, and I understand why that's extremely frustrating for players, especially when it changes within the same game. We have no answers. We have some explanation, um, but no answers. Uh, thank you for your questions. I will continue to put out a call before every episode, or at least most episodes. Yeah, I love hearing what people Um, are thinking. Yeah, thank you, everybody. I I think we answered most of them that we didn't get to throughout the podcast. Uh, There were some trade questions that we didn't exactly get to, but uh, we'll get to them because it is January 18th as we speak, (laughs) and February 10th is the trade deadline. That leaves two or three podcasts beforehand. Uh, so we will get there. Uh, I'm going to not talk about the Watchmen because we are already an hour into this. All right. Well, I am um, going to say I this love because it. I, I know you to. want to bring something up. So what do you want to talk about? I quickly? tweeted about this yesterday, but I need to bring it up to you. Did you know? Do you know what I want to say? No, go. Did you know that Stephen A. Smith? Oh, I did see this. Is a recurring character on General Hospital. I did not know, and I and like you, I am. Uh, to honor Stephen A. Smith, I am bamboozled. <laughs> I am mystified. I am perplexed by this not being all anybody talks about all the time. Listen, I am still in Nova Scotia. As you said, my mother, uh, she has been watching Days of Our Lives. She records shows and just kind of watches them in the background while she's doing other things because, you know, you can literally not watch a soap opera for a year and return every Christmas and the same thing is still happening. With Days, it is Marlena being possessed by the devil like 30 years after that first happened. That's an actual plot point. But with General Hospital and Stephen A. Smith, she had the game, she had the show on in the background. I heard his voice. I wasn't paying attention. I was reading something on my laptop, heard his voice and my head snapped snapped up because I thought my mom's watching ESPN. We don't get ESPN. What is happening? Stephen A. Smith is on General Hospital. Do you want to know his character's name? Uh, yes. Brick. Sure. Like that's that's not a surprising soap opera I love name. It. It's in the so least. incredible. I I freaked out and said, "Oh my god. That's Stephen A. Smith." And my mom said, "Okay." I said, "Mom, do you understand?" And she said, Oh, yeah, that's Brick. Like, it was just like a very normal, of course, of course he was Brick. He has portrayed this character since March 31st, 2016. But even better, he previously played a reporter during the Metro Court hostage crisis in 2007. And apparently he uh, once had the character, the actor who plays the character Sonny, anyone who watches uh, General Hospital would know this. He had him on first take and... They discovered that he is a longtime fan of the show. So they brought him on to be like a character. And his character is uh, surveillance for the mob. It's incredible. I love this. I love that he grew up watching General Hospital because of his sisters is what I saw in an interview because, of course, I needed to look this up. And Stephen A. Smith is a recurring character on General Hospital. I cannot tell you how delighted this makes me. I love this. It's amazing. Uh, I looked it up. Uh, General Hospital, of course, runs on ABC. Uh, Stephen A. Smith works for ESPN. Both parent companies are Disney. Uh, I'm just glad they can make this happen for him. 
it's the awesome. mo- it's the greatest thing ever. Imagine growing up watching this with your family, loving it, and then getting to take your um, enthusiasm for the dramatic to yeah. soap operas, which are only dramatic all the time. Um, it's incredible. I, my, I can't believe more people are not talking about this at all times. I'm so delighted by it. I'm sorry. I yeah, just needed to talk my about mom it. watched Young and the Restless growing up. So therefore, I know a bunch of Young and the Restless characters. Um, some of those characters are probably some of those actors are probably on General Hospital now. Oh, yeah. Like when I'm daytime flipping and I see like an actor on a, on a different show, <laughs> it's like. You, you, and also when like Shamar Moore made the cross from daytime oh. television to primetime television, that was very confusing. Huge moves, right? Uh, congratulations to Shamar. Holly, we really have to go. Uh, I know. I'm this sorry. Has been I was so just excited. Opera- no, no, I mean, that is one of our better tangents. Um, I would say. Thanks so much for listening, guys. More soap dish next week. Apologize for all of the uh, the babble today yeah. banter, uh, babble, the raptors are in dallas on wednesday gary trent remains questionable for that uh in washington to wrap up the five game road trip on friday back home to play portland on sunday we'll probably talk on monday uh but don't hold me to that don't hold me to anything i say on this podcast i am an unreliable narrator holly uh get home safely uh, thank or you get so back much to toronto safely i don't want to tell you what your home is um and that's a big philosophical question. We that really is, that right is. Now. So we will end it on that and say that I have two homes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I super, we super appreciate it. Hope you're having for, a good week. For sure. Uh, remember to stretch before you shovel. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>